You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? I am uh, the Blue Meanie, and uh, that is still my name. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am not Butch. I am not Gunther. I am the Blue Meanie. Well, I guess we can jump right into it, but first things first, good morning to the pod squad joining us today, Yeah, joining us for this recording of this episode. Don't forget, go to patreon.com slash mind of the meanie and become uh, our patron on Patreon. You get to watch us record this early and uh, be a part of the pod squad. But yes, some of the big news coming out today is Pete Dunn from NXT has been moved to the main roster as Butch. Yeah. Um, Meanie, let's just jump right into it, man. What are your thoughts on the name change? Uh, you're seeing the AEW effect. Uh, when you think about all the talent that they've had on the roster, uh, Adam Cole, uh, Keith Lee, uh, all these guys who have come in as their own intellectual property, whether it's their shoot name or work name and stuff like that, getting valuable time on WWE, WWE TV, getting valuable promotion on WWE TV. Uh, WWE values their TV time. They value their promotional time. They've built a lot of people up only to watch them walk out the door and add name recognition to the competition. So now that they have, uh, you know, they have NXT, they have guys coming over from NXT to the WWE roster. They're trying not to allow that to ever happen ever again. And uh, I know there's people out there going, well, Pete Dunn, you know, he was already in the company as Pete Dunn. I understand that, but the, the current uh, circumstances have, uh, you know, changed the atmosphere, changed their way of thinking. And now from, from now on until whenever they change their mind again, down the line, you're going to see a lot of guys probably come in and get their name changed to something that WWE can, uh, own and control and, uh, keep when, uh, you know, said talent, you know, goes out the door. So, you know, it's just uh, it's uh, a sign of the times. They, they, that's how it used to be. That's, uh, you know, they got a little bit lax on it. 
you know, that allowed people to come in who had name value on the Indies or name value outside the company and come in with their own intellectual property. But, uh, you know, now that, you know, Adam Cole's gone over to AEW from WWE, Keith Lee's gone over, so many guys have gone over from WWE, you know, except for, you know, Daniel Bryanson or Brian Danielson or <laughs> Daniel wait a second, Bryan. wait, wait, you're telling me that Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson are the same person? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, that yeah, that was the uh, probably one of the last ones where they probably changed his name. Uh, don't fact check me, <laughs> but um, it's like yeah. Superman and Clark Kent, he's not wearing yeah. his glasses. It's not the same person. Yeah, I, I don't know how they couldn't tell that fucking. <laughs> difference but. i have I, it must have been the beard i don't know yeah. but now i i wonder and it, and i guess it kind of begs the question i know there was a lot of chatter on uh social media last night mostly negative about uh the butch name change yeah but it yeah. almost feels like it was a happy accident in some ways with the Braun breaker rex steiner situation because that was initially what a lot of the reports were saying was that this guy's name was going to be rex steiner and now he's Braun yeah. breaker and I wonder, do you think that that has something to do with it? Sort of the pre-AEW effect where they're creating this guy in the mold of a superstar. It, it could be the fact that, you know, Rick and Scott Steiner owned the last name Steiner for wrestling. And, uh, you know, it, this could that could have been the early seed of, look, I'm tired of promoting these guys and giving them this worldwide attention under this name. Only for them to, you know, move on. Okay, I get it. WWE is the reason why they moved on. They they gave them the releases and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, that that had to be like the early effect of, look, we need to get people under our control as far as intellectual property, trademarks, and stuff like that. So when we promote them, and they go on to be something, go go somewhere else. You know, you know, they had to kind of start over again. That's that's the hope in their eyes when it comes to WWE. You know, they don't want to help, you know, spend their valuable assets to promote something that eventually can fall into enemy hands, right. so to speak, well, like a like, like a prized weapon, you know. Well, right, but I think I feel like it's a little bit different than the the Dudley Boy situation whatever happened there. Um I don't know if that if that could get, could be comparable um to someone who is a fr- fan of like the Attitude era. But I'm curious to know like what you're well, with, the, with, with the Dudleys, I think Paul Hammond claimed ownership of that. And mm. I think he, he claimed he sold that intellectual property with the, the sale of ECW. Right. Which, oh, right. And I think the comment was, I think Bubba and Devon both thought that they, like Paul Heyman gave him the rights to the name. And here it's like, well, no, we own it now, you know? So I'm sure that right. was a shock. But And te- technically Raven came up with it. But, you know. Raven came up with the Dudley boys. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, Raven came up, uh, and it was just a, a locker room joke that start morphed into an actual character, where uh, you know Raven had watched the movie Slapshot with the Hanson brothers. Oh. And he says, "We need our like own modern version of the the Hanson brothers." You know, hey, foiling up, coach. You know, and all that stuff, and you know, we could have you know different ones, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I don't know how I came up with the last name Dudley, but. Yeah, that was all Raven's idea. Wow. That's crazy, mm-hmm. man. I had no idea. Yeah. I did not know that. And I learned something new today. I think that deserves <laughs> I think that deserves a, a two farter here. And we learned something today, friends, <laughs> on the mind of the media. That's pretty cool though. No, I had no idea. Have you yeah. um have you been watching the new NXT stuff? And and if you have, what do you think uh, of the product? 
it, it it's hard. Um, and it's not because of anything, nothing on the, to blame the talent about. It's just, I, I liked NXT the way it was. Um, to me, when you add 2.0 to something, it automatically takes me out like new Coke, you know, (laughs) know? 2000. Right. Yeah. Right. When you call something a sequel in the wrestling parameters, yeah, you know, I, I mentally it takes me out of it. I like the I like the new setup, like I like the the new arena they built for it. I like all that stuff. But when you call it NXT 2.0, it's just like, okay, am I going to fall in love with this and then they're going to come out with 3.0? Uh, you know, are they going to move on from that? You know, I like the way it was. I wish they would, even if they just changed it up. It's just still called it NXT. I still might be mentally invested in it, but once you add the 2.0, I'm like, I'm out, you right. know, and, and that has nothing to do with anything the talent does right or wrong. It just, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I have a couple of follow-up questions on this. Cause I want to, I have, I wanted to pick your brain on this a little bit. Um, sure. Do, so let's start with Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler, or as my children refer to him as Zig Dolphler winning, <laughs> winning the NXT championship off of Braun Breaker recently. Do yeah. you think, A, let's see, which which one you think is more believable? A, Braun Breaker gets moved to the main roster almost immediately, or B, yeah. Zig Dolphler and Braun Breaker at WrestleMania for the NXT title? Which one do you think is a more, like, uh, believable, or do you think it's actually going to happen? Yeah, I, be- I believe both could happen. Um no, uh, Vince likes the element of surprise, especially when it comes to live TV. Uh, why not spice things up? You know, uh, I know there's people who are like, NXT's the, the developmental brand. Fine. You but guys, mi- you guys it, missed hearing Meanie roll his eyes just now because that, that definitely deserved an eye roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it, developmental, it definitely deserves an eye roll. Yeah, when you're on the USA Network, you're not, a developmental anymore right? Um, because you're on national developmental is something you do for somebody to take them out of the, the national spotlight and let them develop down away from the public eye. So when, you know, they're ready for TV, then you put them on TV. Now part of, you can say part of NXT's developmental because they have, you know, uh, a shows and B shows that have like, you know, shows that are strictly guys who are just trying out or, or trying to find their way. And then they had the shows with the, uh, the guys you see on TV. Okay. I get that. But as far I mean, you're on the USA network, you're, you're on national TV. That's not developmental. You know, it's just like if the Phillies start broadcasting, you know, Reading Phillies or the R Phil's games on uh, you know, Comcast instead of the local cable, you know, just to you know, it's 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 silly, you know. Yeah. But um uh whatchamacallit, uh yeah, getting back to the the Dolph Ziggler or, or Zig Doffler. Um <laughs> he uh yeah, they're just trying to build up intrigue within the brands, you know, bring some name recognition over to NXT now that, you know, they had purged most of the roster. Yeah. And they, you know, brought some guys over to WWE. 
why not? You know, I mean, a they had uh, you know they had Finn go back over to NXT for a little bit. So, uh, and by the way, you know, since they're not really doing the takeover WrestleMania weekend, it would make sense to have an NXT Championship match on the main WrestleMania card because they haven't announced a, a takeover for that. So. Has it, Why not? Is it stand and deliver? Is that the one that they're going to do the day before, or is that something different? I don't know, because the, 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 the day before, on Friday, they got uh, the SmackDown and the Hall of Fame. Oh, so, uh, right. You're right. Because, it, you know, WrestleMania is a two-day event now, which kind of wipes out the whole Saturday night NXT event. Right, you know right. I'm, I'm just looking it up right now as we're talking. Yeah, please like, do. Please yeah, do. it looks like they're going to do a stand and deliver prior to wrestlemania april okay. 2nd at 12 okay. p.m oh so that's the day of isn't it wow so they're doing that, it the, it, that's yeah it's the same day as night one at 12 o'clock the only match so far they have is carmelo hayes and cameron grimes and santos escobar with three other people or two other people with a for a five-way ladder match for the north american championship but there's nothing else that's like listed and, and added here honestly i feel like with talent like dolph ziggler you could really get away with a big time wrestlemania match between him and and steiner i think it would be absolutely because i think it's a way to work in the steiners too if that's because that's another more that that's more of the scuttlebutt is while the steiners are you know might be going in the hall of fame this year or they might be showing back up i mean lord knows as all the pod squad is aware I need a big Papa Pump action figure in my life in the Mattel Elite style, but I thought I thought you were going to say I need a Scott Steiner Hall of Fame speech. Well, that too. I want to just know if he's going to do his mathematical equations while he's giving his his speech. That's what I. There's 141 and two third percent chance he's going to do that, but I think they could kill it, man. I think the two of them and they proved it in this last match. I mean, I thought they did an incredible right. job. But my other question about NXT was, do you think that it's a concerted effort? by Vince McMahon and maybe even Bruce or whoever else is working on that project now to move away from what NXT was. And what I mean by that is with all these guys jumping to AEW, right, and, and Adam Cole leaving, I wouldn't even put Keith Lee in that, but I would say guys like Kyle O'Reilly and, and maybe Bobby Fish, some of these guys who have styles that are similar to what they're doing in AEW, coupled with right. this idea where Vince says on Pat McAfee, you know, we're a sports entertainment company, pal, like we... You know, you're not pro wrestlers, you're WWE superstars. And the way the brand right. looks is, well, training these guys to be superstars, right? Which is why Dolphler or, Zig or Ziggler was there. <laughs> Listen to me, I can't even say it right. Um, and you mock your kids. Hey, you know what? James did it one time and it stuck. And now I can't say his name without just calling him Zig Dolphler. So I hope I don't, I hope he doesn't block me on Twitter. But anyway, um, I uh, he's fucking great too. He's he's one of the best. He should he should definitely be a world champion at this point. But it, it's just a circle of life, you know. Uh, you go from you know messing up names when you're a kid, and then uh, when you become a, a senior citizen, <laughs> Zig Doffler sounds like something my grandma would say. Cause, uh, <laughs> who's that? My, Zig, my, my, who's that Zig Doffler fellow on TV? My mom loved Ledge and Nick Foley, uh, so you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two names she uh Wait, did you say would botch. Ledge and Mick Fo and Nick Foley? Yeah, she would call Edge Ledge <laughs> and uh Mick Foley. Uh because you know, Mick called the house one time and talked to my and got my mom and you know, this is before, you know, this is when people still had landlines. 
uh, Brian, uh, a Nick Foley called? <laughs> okay, Ma. I'm on. I'm going to the phone I'll, right now. I'll call Nick back. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to correct her. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so what do you think? Do you think that it is a, a more concerted effort for them to really split away from, like you said, in, in the AEW effect? Part of that being the change in NXT. What do you think? Well, it, in some ways, you know, NXT was the super indie. You know, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, they ba- basically took the Ring of Honor model and made NXT the, the, their Ring of Honor, down to the fact that they had Gabe Sapolsky working there. You know, so uh, how can you stand out if everybody if you look like just like everybody else? Right. You know? Right. Most of your talent, which okay, they released, went over to AEW, and uh, you know if you want to stand out, you got to do something different. You know, do different colors, do different, make it a little bit. You know, the sets brighter, the colors are brighter. You know, uh, how do you stand out? You know, from the from what you used to be, how you, how you freshen things up? You know, it's like spring cleaning, open up some windows. Open up the shades, get some light in here. Let's uh, dust some things off and try something new. You know, let's uh, mess with the feng shui. Let's move the couch over here. Let's, you know, uh, flip the mattresses. You know, just um, whatever you could do to make the brand, uh, A, more valuable and and stand out in the crowd. You know, if uh, you have AEW, which technically, well, they do own Ring of Honor now. They're... They're, they're kind of the super indie, you know, with a, yeah. uh, an excellent budget. Uh, you know, Impact isn't quite the super indie. They they, they have some uh, hosses over there, you know, some big boys, some some uh, people slapping meat. Um, oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, you, you got to stand out. You got to shake things up, make things a little bit different, you know. Kind of like when... Uh, <clears throat> WWE went from the uh, was it the new generation over to the Attitude Era. Yeah, you know, yeah, a lot they, of that stuff went to the wayside. You know, the goon and Doink the Clown can't really fit into an Attitude Era, but you know who right. did? That's <laughs> Blue Dust my, in my, the motherfucking house. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, that's all yeah, I gotta my say. My gim- my gimmick was kind of ten years too late. You know, I per- I would have been perfect with you know like you know the eighties. You know. uh but, you know, they decided to go serious when I, and then they called me up, you know. But, <laughs> hey, I think I still had a decent run there. Absolutely, so. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm hyped, too, for the BWO Chella Toys line. When do we? Yeah. When can we expect that to deliver? Because I can't I'm, wait to pick that up. I'm waiting for the news, uh, the drop. So, look, I, I love uh, promoting. I love talking about things I'm doing. There's a lot, of th- a couple things I would love to talk about, but I can't at the moment. Um, but yeah, as soon as those cello figures are ready to, uh, you know, roll out, I'm I'm down. You know, Man. right now they're uh, they're pushing the the bone crushers. Oh right, know, uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're taking orders for that, and then um, you know, hopefully soon thereafter, the BWO line of uh, action figures. Oh, Man, you know, uh, roll out. That's I, I'm very excited for you guys. Uh, you mentioned big meaty men slapping meat, and uh, <laughs> we would be remiss not to speak about this. Uh, big E was uh, pretty seriously injured last night. Yeah. Pretty seriously injured last night on uh, on SmackDown. 
Uh, he took what, I don't even know what you would call that move that Ridge Holland did um, out on the outside of the ring and landed directly on his head. And right. broke, he broke his neck, which... Which I'm surprised didn't happen with... Uh, what's his dude? Uh, the, the guy who tells the jokes. Oh, uh, um, Madcap Moss. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he took a pretty scary bump too so there's two scary bumps like right in a row yeah which uh is starting to make me go you know hey guys the ring's a whole lot safer um yeah i'm tired of you know i make i, I can understand maybe uh t- taking a, a a safe flat back bump on the floor you know to sell a punch or stuff like that but Enough with the the bumps out on the on the ringside. Enough with the ring apron bumps. Uh, I, I I hate the ring apron bumps more because the announcer goes, "That's the hardest part of the ring." Well, you just told the rest of the audience that you know the the rest of the ring is like a trampoline. You know, right? Just, uh, right. It takes people out of you know what you're doing. But yeah, my, my thoughts go out to Big E, man, because. Uh, I mean, I saw his video. He seemed like he's in decent spirits for somebody who just got his, you know, neck broke. Yeah. Broke a freaking neck, you know, but um, not to make light of it, but just, no, he seemed all right. You know, the wrestling community uh, came around and sent their love to him, and uh, hopefully he heals up, uh, you know, heals up. Dude, it's, you know. That's that's something not not something to mess around with, you know. Just uh, that's scary shit. Yeah, they they gotta stop doing this stuff on the floor. Stop doing stuff on the ring apron. Yeah, you know, it, keep it, it. It doesn't seem to make any sense why they continue to do that. Like it just doesn't. Like for me, it doesn't add anything to the product. Like I like the high spots, and I it's, I like some of the high spots. I don't like when it's a spot fest, but like that stuff on the outside. I I'm not even a fan of Big E doing the ring dive. Uh, you know, I re- no. I remember. I, well, I wasn't there, but I remember the news after Draws got hurt, you know, and it was like, holy shit, that was a super I was, I was there. That was a was there. super safe move that D'Lo Brown did. Like, and it wasn't like they were fucking around or doing anything like what they did. And it's like, I just, I think that stuff has to stop. I really do. I don't, I don't think there's any point to do it anymore. Um, and it, it's obviously that it's obviously clear that people are getting hurt from this. Um I know. Well, his, his for that the first time he did that uh, running spear through the ropes, as much as it scared the shit out of me, I liked it the first time because it looked like he was doing a move out of desperation. Right. You know. Right. You know, the first time I first time I ever saw a dive on TV was uh, Jimmy Snuka diving at Don Morocco. Mm. You know, Don Morocco was. Yeah, you know, uh, here I'm showing my age. Like it's like 1983, 1982, mm. and uh, but uh, Don is on Rogers Corner, and Snook is coming out for his match during Morocco's uh, interview segment. So Don Morocco took exception to that, and it's like, oh, look at this guy showing me up during my interview segment, and you know, <laughs> Don Morocco went on the best rants ever. Like he legit looked like a madman. So he gets up, goes to the ring apron, starts cur- you know yelling at Jimmy. And then Jimmy's like looking at him like, yeah, 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 brother. And then Morocco just spits on him. And then, you know, Jimmy's like, okay. Takes off his his garb and then just runs at him and just dives over the top rope and rips off every ounce of clothing down to the underwear. And it looked like a move out of desperation, you know, out or out of anger. Like, you know, I got to get to this guy so bad that I need to dive out of the ring and 
you know, risk my well, own well-being. That's how I felt when I first saw Big E's spear through the ropes to the floor. But then once you start doing that thing again and again, it kind of, you know, loses its, you know, effect. Right. You know, there's a reason why, you know, Taker only dove at WrestleMania. You know, yeah. Because it was, it was a big move in a big spot, you know, and, uh, yeah, the one time the uh, cameraman almost dropped him, so <laughs> which was ir- ironically, you know, snook a son, but um, oh no you know, shit, dressed as the, dressed as a cameraman, but yeah, uh, yeah, we just gotta enough with the dives. I want I, I don't want to sound like the old man, but like you know, uh, I could watch a show and see a bunch of matches that are almost identical, you know. You know, what's the point of me watching a whole show when I just saw the whole show in the first two, three matches? You know what I'm saying? Just, right, right. Yeah. You know, and I, that was something I was taught as a kid, you know, as a student, you know, watch every match, pay attention to every match. You know, um, you know, the AW pay-per-view that just went down was really good. Yeah. But there there were so much similarities on the show. It's just like, and their pay-per-views tend to go a little bit long. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's a lot of stuff that was done. Uh, you know, you know, a few there's a few things you know between Canadian destroyers and stuff like that, which you know what you see it the first time, it's spectacular. Yeah. But then everybody does it on the show, and then it's just like, why do it if it's not going to, you know, make your opponent stay down for the one, two, three? So. I know that I know that that's uh, Rob Van Dam's uh, least favorite move, which you can also hear on Foundation Radio. When my conversation yeah. with Rob Van Dam, go to foundationradio.net right now and check it out. Um, Absolutely. I uh, no, I just uh, I I agree. I think, and maybe that's part of the reason why I'm having trouble connecting with AEW sometimes is because the variety isn't there, and it's not necessarily that like I believe that WWE gets everything right because they clearly don't. But I also no, there's no I, clear perfect there's no perfect brand right now no no none of them are i mean there there hasn't really been anything perfect since like that period of time in the late 1990s where everyone wwe wcw ecw everyone was firing on all on all cylinders absolutely there was that really special time where it was happening but i just there's something drawing real ratings too by the way right real ratings and real money um i just i don't know that it's there's just something for me that's missing that's that's making it hard for me to connect to it. Um, I'll tell you though, I popped hard when Sting jumped off the fucking railings, man, in those tables. Holy Sting shit. Jack. Holy <laughs> shit. I, I, I called that, him Sting Jack. What is it? Know? Sting Jack. Oh yeah. <laughs> All he needed was the, the ice cube dive. song. Yeah, that's it. Somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if the public enemies podcast is listening right now, I need you to put the uh natural born killers over that spot for me, please. Um, no, Please. I I thought it was fucking great, man. I uh, I love that that match. I thought it was great. Um, Travis from the Pod Squad was just saying that it's pretty disturbing that all the fans know it's a work now, and more people are getting hurt than ever. What do you think about that? Well, I I, I wish I could take credit for whoever said this, but they said you know back in the day, you know we we used to protect each other and tell the people that you know the business was real. Now we all tell them it's fake and we're killing each other. You know, just. You know, you know, there's a reason why it's been around for over a hundred years and stuff like that. And yeah, you get you get your aches and pains and injuries, but man, guys are just taking years off their career. You know, just doing the crazy stuff. You know, now imagine how 
imagine how spectacular, more spectacular Sting's thing would have been if Sammy hadn't done that Spanish fly looking thing off the top of the oh, thing through right. the table. You know, that you had the dog collar match, which was good. It was great. Went a little long, but uh, two matches later, Brian and and Dean are bleeding over there. I, I think I tweeted out. I was like, man, it's a good thing they uh, took up that bloody camp- canvas just for him to uh, ruin this bloody camp. <laughs> you know, or the, you yeah. know how many how many DraftKings aprons did they have to make for the show, knowing that <laughs> they were going to have to uh, replace them every uh, every other match? But yeah. Yeah, no, the, I agree. The, the, the thing Sting did was spectacular because no one expected it from him. And, you know, the fact that he did, and it looked like an act of desperation. Yeah. You know, it, like a man saying, fuck this, I'm taking us both out, you know. I think that's why Where, it worked. I think that's why it worked, though. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that, you know, dude's in his 60s, so that makes it even a little bit more like, holy shit. So, you know? so there's something that Jimmy asked this, too, and I was going to ask you as a follow-up question to that. Do you think it's fair... For people to say like, oh, Sting shouldn't be doing this shit. Sting is too old for this. You know, do you think it's fair for people to say that? Um, I mean, it's they're they're entitled to their opinion, but uh, it 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 got a reaction. You know, it, it got a reaction not only because nobody expected it, but the fact that it was Sting, a guy who doesn't need to do it, yeah. but does it. That that's another thing. It's like. When uh, a person does something they don't need to do, but they do it out of desperation, yeah, you know, storyline wise, and uh, it 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 was safe. Uh, well, except for the, it looked like he could have potentially you know hit his head on the one table going down, but yeah, just the fact that you know, you know, they they put out multiple tables to protect them. You know, yeah, two tables side by side, stacked on top of each other, made it a little bit more safe, but. You know, the fact that Sting did it and, you know, sold it, you know, just it, it made the it made the, 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 the moment special. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Meanie, I got a question for you. <laughs> Can I get a round of applause? Today, I'm excited okay. to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, Blue Meanie. It's for your yes. not-so-private parts. Talking about a level-up <laughs> hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, much like Sting was covered with all those pieces of the table from head to toe with Matt Hardy. Manscaped is trusted and below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com right now for 20% off plus free shipping by using promo code Mind. Meaning, we all know that how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for the precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas, but now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their Ultra Premium Collection and Blue Meanie. How has the Ultra Premium Collection helped you in your day to day routine? Oh, man, I mean, just, I talk about you know, Manscaped each and every week, making me look presentable. Not only out in public, but in the uh, my private life as well. So, uh, you know, all their their products are top notch, uh, well thought out, well designed, with the thought of making you uh, feel confident about yourself, no matter what you do throughout your life, whether it's the the, the body wash and shampoo, or you know, uh, you know, they got the clone, they got the they got everything, man. They the ears, ear trimmer, ear nose trimmer, you know. 
everything's awesome you know uh and and the technology is 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 great there's you know i remember back in the day you would have to shave and you would get that noisy you know hair clippers and it's like it's so quiet it's so it's so discreet that you know uh you know you can uh, shave and not wake up uh the neighbors (laughs) and and it's you might be waking up the neighbors with other activity uh because of manscaped so you just got to make sure what you want to wake the neighbors up with and and it's cordless too so you don't have to worry about uh you know the power going out and uh doing a little bit of damage there so you know everything manscaped does is fantastic um you know from from head to toe literally they have all the products you need Man, this package, this new ultra premium collection includes the Manscaped premium deodorant, and it's not for your balls, friends. No, it's for your stinky armpits. This deodorant dries <laughs> clear. It's aluminum-free, and it smells like their signature scent, their hydrating body moisturizer. Do you have tattoos like Manny and I do or issues with dry skin? It's designed to keep that skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. In addition with their body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made with ingredients like vitamin E, peppermint and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist vitamin e but vitamin d is also in (laughs) your spouse's near future that's four products plus a free gift inside the ultra premium collection what a score all of these products are cruelty free paraben free vegan friendly and dye free so the best ingredients with the zero compromise so make sure you take care of little john on the east side boys as you're storming to cancel as you're storming to castle rather you don't want to cancel from the <laughs> castle. Uh, go right now to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MindMeany at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MindMeany at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped and Meany. We'd like yes. to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the show again this week. As always, they uh, help us keep the lights on and they help us uh, look fresh. Speaking of looking fresh, two big names premiered in AEW this week. Yes. William Regal and Jeff Hardy. Meanie, how do you feel about Jeff Hardy and William Regal being in AEW? Uh, <clears throat> out of all the people they have, AEW's acquired, the most valuable person they have, have acquired is William Regal. Without a doubt. Um, between his experience in the ring, his knowledge of, uh, you know, in the ring stuff, behind the scenes stuff, the ins, the what's, the why's, the where's, the how's, William Regal is fantastic. You know, uh, and like, like I said, you know, I was shocked when they let him go, but hey, Regal is all class, man. He, you know, he, he, uh, he put, he put it right out there. He William's a no bullshit kind of guy. He put it right out there. Please don't speak ill of the WWE. Uh, I worked. At, he said he said he worked there for twenty years. They gave him a second chance. Uh, a lot of people don't remember. You know, uh, you know this is twenty years ago. Uh, Regal had a rough go of it for a little bit. Uh, but you know when you're faced with adversity it's all on how you react to it. And he, uh, reacted very well to it. Uh, personally speaking, uh, I met Regal at one, at one time at a WCW event 
uh, afterwards at the bar. Great guy. Uh, bought me my first Guinness. Uh, he, uh, we're at the bar. I was like, oh, what's that? He's like, oh, it's this Guinness. And uh, he told the bartender, please uh, give, give my friend a, a Guinness. And he gave me a, he's like, it'll put, <laughs> I still talk to Regal because this pops me every time I think of it. He goes, it'll put hair on your chest. Blue ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we became friendly. And then uh, when I went to WWE and they had me go to Memphis, to try to reinvent myself. Uh, it's e- either to reinvent myself or out of sight, out of mind. So when they released me, uh, there wasn't as big as a, a blowback. Who knows? A uh, little column A, a little column B. Regal came down to earn his way back. And he's like, you know what? I want to prove myself. You know, uh, he, he was with WWE, had a falling out, went to the Indies, had a little, a uh, couple incidents, and he's like, "Look, I gotta do this." So he went to WWE. Please send me to Memphis, and I, I reconnected with Regal in Memphis, uh, for Memphis Championship Wrestling, and I, le- you know, learned so much from him. Uh, just subtle things, you know, just, uh, you know, between you know, psychology and. How to you know transition from holds to yeah, I mean he's a, an encyclopedia, yeah. and uh, we got to share life experiences. We got to ride together to shows and stuff like that. We got to share experiences and stuff like that. And through that, he was you know re- reinvented his career, and he had a twenty year run, and then he went from you know being on on air to going out. They paid him to travel the world and look for talent. Yeah. And he did that. He would go to Prussian Gorilla. He would go to Japan. He would go to England. He would go to everywhere. That he would scour the earth to look for talent for WWE. And he did. He found a lot of talent. Now that that uh, that mind, that brain, that experience is in AEW. And yeah. that makes a, having William Regal in AEW makes AEW just that more dangerous. In, in a creative way because right, right. he does not mince words. He's not a yes man. He will say what, you know, he wants. You know, one of the worst criticisms of my life came from William Regal. Is my, you know, um, I was, uh, you know, going back to home to t- deal with my grandma who was dying from cancer and uh, they, we had a blow-off match. Uh, there was going to be a, a, a street fight with me and uh, – Ron Killings, and, um, you know, I called the match, and it wasn't that good of a match, and he was, he did not mince words. He told us how bad it was, and, you know, that's one of my greatest disappointments in life was not living up to William Regal's standards with one match, at least, you know. Mm. So that eats away at me, eats away at me, because I have that respect for him. But now he's there in AEW, and uh, whether it's uh, an on-air uh, authority, authority figure or uh, they'd be foolish not to use him behind the scenes. Um, he can he can help that 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 behind the scenes, uh, you know, creative or talent, you know, pull people pull people pull people aside. Uh, when I went to AEW in Philly, you know, Alistair Black was 
doing stuff in the ring with you know the younger talent. Now you got him and Regal there. Yeah. You know, it's always good to learn from different people. You know, I was trained by Al Snow, but I learned a lot from, you know, everybody in the ECW locker room from Sabu, Paulie, Dreamer. Now you have all those minds in the AEW plus Regal. It's uh it's a home run. That's yeah. uh, that's that to me that's their biggest acquisition. Yeah. You know, is uh, William Regal. Jeff Hardy, uh I think that was a little bit expected. You know, it was a matter of if but what when. When was this going to happen? Um, uh, Jeff took a little bit of a ribbing for uh, <laughs> dancing his way down to uh, save his brother. Um, man, the Twitter was a buzz uh, with that, man. That was that was some good shit. But I get it. I get it. He's excited. Yeah. You know, uh, you're, you're in a place where I don't know what his deal was with WWE. I don't know if it was whether he's happy or miserable. I don't know. But to see, you know, the... Be somewhere new. Uh, there's definitely an energy in AEW that's really good, and just to be excited, you know, he pro- he's probably been thinking of that moment for a couple months now. Yeah, you know, he was probably thinking about that moment when he was in WWE. So, you know, to finally happen, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know a first date. You know, you yeah. want to be have some excitement, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he took a little ribbing of it, but uh, it was harmless. But yeah, it was a great moment. You know, and uh, the fact that uh, they they st- they they used the uh, Hardy Boys music, which is a lot of people don't know, is rights free music. Right. You know, it's uh, it's a song. I, I there's a show that used to be on MTV in the '90s called The State. Okay. And uh, uh, which became you know the guys it was it was, a, it was a collective of comedians that went on to become like Reno 911 and all these other things. And uh, that song, the Hardy Boy song, was on the episode of The State, so I knew that automatically. I want to say that and Bob Holly's song was on The State. You know, that's right free. That's rights free music as well. So, right. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, they spent big money on the Hardy Boys theme. How did they get the Hardy Boys? It's right free, rights free music, it's, guys. Folks. It's, pu- it's in the public domain. They he yeah. It, you know, Tony Khan can pick it up and use it as many times as he wants to. <laughs> which I, which, which, what, what he's paying for Jungle Boy's theme and uh, Orange Cassidy's theme. I, I, I think he said Orange Cassidy is like the one of the bigger licenses he's, he's picked up. You know, oh my God. But, uh, I wonder how much he paid for Cold Personality too. Hey, you know, Living Color, th- those guys are wrestling fans. Yeah, um, they could have, you know, gave him the, uh, the, 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 the buddy rate. Who knows? Yeah, gave the homie discount. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Hey, they're you know the wrestling fan. Hey, they follow me. You know, oh, that's it's, awesome. Yeah, shout uh, out to well, Living Color. Shout out to Living Color. Uh, when my mom passed away, and I did the announcement on Twitter, they were the first people to reply. Oh, that's you know, fantastic. They, they were the first people to give their condolences about my mom passing. You know, a couple of years ago, which meant the world to me because I spent my a lot of my childhood with my headphones on, uh, playing. You know, Mike Tyson's Punch Out or Super Mario and Nintendo, and I was playing Living Colors uh, debut album. You yeah. know, in my headphones, or ad nauseum. That's when you know you play one side, flip it over, play another side, go back to the other side, play that. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. yep. Yeah, keep rotating that tape until the struggle. fucking thing falls apart. I had a couple of I t- albums like that. <laughs> it, 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 you listen to it till the tape starts going. Whew. 
you know, <laughs> I'm the cool of personality. You get some of that weird yeah. static in there and it's like not completely yeah. going right through. Yeah, I remember, man. Or I that remember. beginning of the, that, that part of the tape where you put it in and you hit play and you hear, and then all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and then you, you can tell where the, where the audio is about to come in. There's that part of silence and it comes that into that. Static, yep. That, yeah, that silent. <laughs> oh, man. You go off a little sidebar. Uh, the greatest part of my childhood was going on a pilgrimage to walk to the mall and buy tapes and then walk a couple other blocks to uh, the bookstore yeah. and uh, pick up my wrestling magazines. And uh, I would go home and I would read every inch of the Russell magazines, even the ads, even the credits, who, uh, who's the editor, who's who. Uh, but to, to open up a cassette tape back in the day and of a new band, you open up and you just smell the, the ink on the, 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 yep. the, the, the uh, packaging, you know, and stuff like that. It, it was, yeah, today would have been the perfect day, you know, lay, lay in bed, you know, read a magazine or yeah. read the liner notes of a, a audio cassette of a, your favorite rock band while, you know, it's gently raining outside the window, and you kind of just take a little cat nap. Yeah, just relax, just stare at the ceiling and fall asleep. Yeah, dude, that's the and shit. And just right fantasize, there. just yeah. fantasize. You know, you know, I miss listening to music and then having my own music video in my head of what the mm -hmm. song's about. Yeah. You know? yeah, sometimes a music video can ruin what you thought the song. What's well, it's, it's it's almost like reading a book and then watching yeah. a movie, and you're like, wait, I didn't, yeah. I didn't picture this at all. You know, this is not right. what was in my head. Right. So, right. So, now, but yeah, I, that's a little bit of a sidebar. Hey, but, uh, I'll tell you what. Do you remember The Wall by chance? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my God. Music and, store? Yeah. I don't know if that's an, that was just a Philly thing or if that was just like a sort of Northeast thing, but there was a record store called The Wall, and the one that I was yeah. familiar with was inside of the Oxford Valley Mall, which is okay. in where I grew up in Bucks County, right? Uh, probably like maybe 15 minutes from where I grew up. Near where, near where the, uh, the Goldbergs is kind of set. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in that in that general area. JTP! And, <laughs> JTP. And uh, we used to go in the wall and we'd buy all the new albums, but we had I had like a big boom box at my house. I had the CD player and the tape deck, but I didn't have yeah. a CD disc man. I had a Walkman. So I would buy the CD, whatever band I liked, and I would dub it onto a series of tapes depending on you know how long the album was. And I'd stuff yeah. the tapes into my bag, my book bag, and I'd rotate them out at school. Now, in hindsight... There definitely should have been some more oversight from my parents because there's no reason like a sixth <laughs> grader should have been listening to Tupac's All Eyes on Me walking into right. school. But in any event, I digress. Those were some of the best memories for me is just walking around having this fucking headphones and, you know, like just and you could take if the if the album, if the CD got skipped, like if it got scratched or fucked up or whatever, you could take it back and get a new to one the because wall. they had these little blue stickers on the back. It said like lifetime guarantee and you could take I, the I album we... back and get a new one. <laughs> Brand new I one, think we talked about the. Uh, my buddy Justin worked at the wall in the uh, Hamilton Mall in Egg Harbor Township, and he gave me like a roll of them. I thought I was the richest man in the fucking world. I'm gonna put this on the CDs I didn't buy at the wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, just these will last forever. Uh -huh. <laughs> Famous last words, you know. I had you one. Know, I, I had one CD that I had up until recently, like within the past five years, I had, I had the, it was the last, the wall sticker that I had. And it was Significant <laughs> Other by Limp Biscuit. 
I bought that album in like 1998 and it stayed, it was just like, a, just one of those CDs that I just kept forever. You know, and it just, I, I don't know if I just got rid of it or I was like, I don't need the CD anymore or whatever. But I remember just being like those good memories of that, those summers flashing back in my mind, you know? That that would be a good tattoo to get tattooed on the back of your head with the, like the wall sticker. Can I get a new, can I get a new brain? Uh, you know, just. Not that, I'm a, not that I would get a, a neck tattoo, but, you know, just, uh, that'd be an interesting tattoo. <laughs> well, I got room on my body, so I need to get some more ink done here. Meaning, oh, I'm dying to get another tattoo. I can't wait, man. I, uh, I've been waiting for one for a while. I've been trying to save up and get some new ink done. I got to do some cover up work and get yeah. some new stuff going. But Meanie, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Are you ready to ask Meanie? I would love to. Something. Don't forget to tweet at us with your <laughs> questions. Ask Meanie. I can't remember what regular air smells like. Don't forget. <laughs> Use your hashtag. Ask Meanie. Listen, I got. I can't wait. I hope that I can play this for you guys at some point. Carl Pinnell, engineer extraordinaire of the show, has taken all of the fart noises on our on our program and has created a musical beat to them. Uh, the only thing he is waiting for right now <laughs> is to work in that can't remember what regular air smells like clip into the show, into the uh, the audio. So once it's done, <laughs> we will be premiering that here on Mind of the Meanie. But don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Mind of the Meanie. Use the hashtag Ask Meanie, and we will be happy to ask your question on the show. We also have some questions here from the pod squad. They are super active today, Meanie. So let's start at the top here. Let's find some questions. Here's little Jimmy from Nebraska wants to know, hey, Meanie, could you ever see yes. William Regal doing a podcast with friend of the show, Conrad Thompson? I would not be surprised. And if uh, William Regal ever did a podcast, it would be probably the most amazing thing anybody who has ever heard. Because I have been privy to some William Regal stories just on car rides where I'm like, wow. And it's like they're, they're so good that like I've never repeated them because I wanted to keep them to myself. So if he's ever going to a podcast where he gets to tell some stories, you know, uh, it could be an entertaining but most importantly, informative yeah. podcast for any aspiring wrestler out there, which a lot of them are. There's a lot of podcasts out there where, you know, wrestlers talk about things that you can learn what to do and what not to do. <laughs> you know, uh, depends on how you uh, filtrate it through your brain. But, uh, dude, if, you know, if William Regal does a podcast, I, I, I'm there day one through whenever he decides to stop it. Another surprisingly, not, and this is going to sound like an insult, but another surprisingly good podcast is uh, Jeff Jarrett's My World. Yeah. Over, over yeah. on the uh, the, the Conrad Dad Free Network. Um, I uh, I wasn't a fan of TNA. Uh, I don't know why. Just something about it was just like, uh, you know, they they had the perfect opportunity to do so many things, but then I went and listened to Jeff Jarrett's My World. And I went in chronological order from, you know, and the WCW and then you know, the germ of the idea of TNA to the WWA shows in Australia all the way through uh, and listen to Jeff Jarrett and Conrad talk about it. And it's like some of the most 
some of the greatest you know episodes ever yeah like if you listen to those in chronological order you know the creation of uh tna uh it, it's really good it's, it's a great lesson i uh i met jeff jarrett at the uh the event at the 2300 arena what is it um the, the I, icons icons of wrestling thank you and, yeah they got uh, another one coming up they got another uh, one coming up this month is it after wrestlemania uh, I thought it was March 29th, but we'll, we'll, don't fact check me. We'll double check. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, if you're out I, there listening, Google Icons of Wrestling at 2300 Arena. I will likely not be there because that is right before my daughter is supposed to be born. So I don't know. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my best if it's, maybe, we'll see, but uh, probably not. Um, hey, hon, uh, keep pushing. I'll be right back. Listen, I got to go with Meanie real fast down to the city. We got to do this thing at the fucking 2300 Arena. We'll be dead. But no, yeah. um. No, I, uh, I, when I met Jeff Jarrett, I said, Hey man, I said, I got to tell you, I said, and I know you, yeah, I know you hear this a lot cause you said on the show, but I definitely hated your guts as a kid. Like I thought you were the fucking worst. And then listening to your show, I have an entirely new respect for you because what a brilliant mind in wrestling. And I, he yeah. was just the coolest guy. If you go like, seriously, go out of your he way, is. check out that show. It's my world. Jeff Jarrett at freeshows.com. It's fantastic. Uh, Jimmy's got some, a couple of other questions here for you. Sure. And it looks like it's a double question for us. Um, so gentlemen, how would you feel if someone ever got a blue meaning or BWO tattoo or how about a foundation radio tattoo? Uh, there is a fan. Um, I feel so bad cause I'm blanking on her name. Uh, she tweets to all the ECW originals, but she has a BWO tattoo and it's, it's pretty flattering cause it, it looks good. There's good tattoos and there's bad tattoos, you know, but her, she has a bunch of ECW tattoos, and I'm so I'm so sorry I can't think of her name right off the top of my head. But uh, you know she has a, a beautiful son that she posts photos about her and her husband and stuff like that. But huge ECW fan, she's got BWO tattoos, she's got a bunch of ECW tattoos, and uh, yeah, it's flattering. You know, uh, like I said, uh, your hu- the human body is valuable real estate to put things on your body and. I always consider a tattoo something personal, you know. The best tattoos are the ones you don't just take off the wall. The right. ones you, they're the, the ones you think of and talk to the artist and collaborate. And, you know, uh, inside little inside baseball, the, the simpler the tattoo, the better the tattoo is going to be, and probably the cheaper. Uh, right. Right. When you start going, oh yeah, but I want this and the Leaning Tower Pisa and then all that stuff. Yeah, the tattoo, you know, you, you're racking up the asshole tax. You know, uh, <laughs> but if you tell an art tattoo artist, what, what, what do you think of this? And let them have fun. You'll, you'll probably get the best tattoo of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it'll be, per, it'll be, per, you know, as long as you keep it personalized and stuff like that, it's nothing that, you know, you, you pull off the wall. But if somebody got a, I've seen a BWO tattoo. Awesome. That's great. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever, besides me, I got, you know, me on my arm, which right here, but I don't know if anybody would ever go that far. Uh, hopefully they wouldn't get this exact tattoo because that means a lot to me because, you know, Mrs. Mina designed it. So they say uh, never get your girlfriend's name tattooed on your body, but they never say anything about her artwork. So True. True. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first thing she, like, drew. She drew, a, like, when she moved in, she drew this of me. I was like, you know what? I want to get that tattooed. 
I uh, I have not seen any Foundation Radio tattoos anywhere. Uh, I would love to see that someday. I think that would be super dope. Uh, I'd be flattered. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely would. But hopefully someday we'll get to that point. The show will be uh, at that point, foundationradio.net. Uh, Travis wants to know, hey, what have, up, you Trav? Seen, have you seen any good music docs lately? Oh, my God. Um, shit, what did I just watch? While I watched so many documentaries. While you're thinking of it, I'm going to crack my seltzer here. This is a uh, Zevia lemon lime twist. Yeah, I'm, dude, I feel like I've let the uh, the pot squad down. I forgot my <laughs> seltzer this morning. I, every week, as soon as we get to ask me, I'm like, "Fuck, I forgot the seltzer again." Because it's usually I don't forget or I forget. To I buy forgot it from so the store. much. Low inside baseball. Uh huh. I'll let you crack it. I open. Go Three, ahead. two, one. Mmm. It's delicious. At least one of us was ready. Yeah, at least one of us was ready this week. Uh, low inside baseball, uh, I was running a little late because I had to book a uh, emergency dentist appointment. Uh, Mrs. Meany was eating some pretzels the other night and cracked a tooth uh, last night. So tomorrow morning, we're going to go. There's an emergency place here in, in Philly. And then uh, I have this fucking tooth right back here. That's like... Uh, I don't know if it's a wisdom tooth or second in command, but it is slowly been coming loose and coming out of my head to the fact where uh, this is, you know, for the pot squad, this is as close as I close my teeth to chew. Damn. So I'm getting that motherfucker evicted tomorrow. I don't care how much it costs. I'll I'll sell blood. Uh, I just want to be able to close my mouth. Um. I got so much wrong with me that I don't even, you know, talk about, but it's, I figure other people got their fucking problems, but, uh, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> well, so also is inside baseball. You can see pod squad. If you look at my face, the right side of my face is a little bit more swollen than the left side. I have a cavity right up in here that has been fucking with me for probably a past year. And my yeah. dental insurance from my shoot job, my initial yeah. insurance wasn't very good. Like, I had to basically uh, cover everything. Now, with the new year, I was able to get on a new plan. So I'm hoping I can get this taken care of. But fuck, does it hurt? <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get, like, some yeah. cold water up there, and it's like, holy fucking hell. Uh, but the question Dude, that Travis I, I, had. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. What were you saying? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, between my teeth and every uh, allergy season, my ears clog up. Mm. And right now, my left ear is almost completely clogged shut like to where if i lay on my right side and mrs meany says something in bed i she thinks i'm no seller but i can't hear her wow it's it's brutal but like in the like i get the stuff called debrox or whatever and put the mm. drops in there and that breaks it up and it's a fucking process yeah dude uh travis's question was have you seen any yes. good music documentaries lately oh my god um Sorry. Uh, I want to say yes, but right off the top of my head, I can't think of them. Um, Because I watch them so frequently. I don't know what's new, what's old. Uh, I talk with that dude, James, from uh, Wrestling Shoot Interviews on. Hmm. um, Actually, let me get my phone real quick because I I think I just recommended something to him. Uh, Me and him are huge music heads. And uh, I did a show, and we, we. yeah, we, I went from doing the show to, yeah, we be, we've become friends and we you know talk about our love for uh, music. Um, let me see, 
Where is he? As I speak out loud to cover <laughs> up the fact that I'm G- looking for Hey, Jimmy, actually, you know what? I appreciate your question about me going to the gym as well. I'm looking pretty swole. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Uh, yes, I'm back at it in the gym again. Uh, I had lost a shit ton of weight in 2018. 2019 was in the best shape of my life. The pandemic fucked that up for everyone. Uh, so now I am back in after a little uh, heavy bout of anxiety. Uh, and I'm going again. I'm holding <laughs> myself accountable. So if you want to follow along with me, follow me on Instagram at this is Goober. I'm usually yeah, posting Yeah, I need to get back there. to the gym, too. Uh, holding myself uh, th- this documentary isn't new it came out in 2014 but I highly recommend it it's a documentary on uh, singer songwriter Elliot Smith called Heaven Adores You oh man I didn't even know that existed Elliot Smith's one of my favorite singers of all time he, uh, somebody put it up for free on YouTube I had what? paid for it but yeah it's on YouTube I'll send you the link Please but do. Uh, Elliot Smith what he, he, uh, who, who, who's he remind me of? Um, reminds me of Harry Nilsson a little bit. Mm, they both, yeah. they both have that. They both have a Beatles type sound. If you like the Beatles, you love Harry Nilsson. Harry Nilsson was considered the fifth Beatle. You mm. know, yeah, uh, he, you know, he did stuff. He came out. To, Harry Nilsson. His documentary is called. Who the hell is Harry Nelson? Why is everybody talking about him? Because he has that song, everybody's talking about me. Uh, but he wrote songs for, I, I'll get back to Elliot Smith in a second, but Harry Nelson wrote so many songs that so many people covered. Like Mariah Carey did a song, I Can't Live Without You, which also Air Supply did. <clears throat> One is the loneliest number, with which Three Dog Night did, which he he was inspired to write that song over a busy signal that he heard on the phone. Which the phone was off the hook and heard beep, 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 beep. And that became the opening to one is the loneliest number. Interesting. But uh, yeah, he was so like him and the Beatles were kind of like this nuclear arm race of songwriters. You know, he's like, what am I going to do? They're good. And they're out there going, what are we going to do? There's Harry Nelson. So when the Beatles broke up, like. Harry worked with all the Beatles, you know, post Beatles and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, unfortunately he passed away, but, uh, amazing singer, singer, songwriter who never toured, never, he played li- out live once and mm-hmm. the reaction from the crowd just turned him off that he never toured. Uh, now Elliot Smith, very similar, like a lot of his songwriting rem- reminds me of like Beatles type yeah. songs. Um, I, another tragic story where a guy who had so much talent, but, uh, you know, um, went down the rabbit hole of, you know, substance and stuff like that. He, his big coming out party was, um, Goodwill hunting. Yes. He did. He did the, uh, main love theme for that song or whatever. The, you know, the song that plays as, you know, the car's driving off at the end of Goodwill hunting and they're just following the car. That's Elliot Smith. And he, uh, he got to play the Oscars and all that stuff. He had this whole great career, but he became known for the one song and stuff like that. And he had his demons, but uh, most tragically, he uh, was found dead in his apartment with a, a knife in his chest. Yeah. Which some people think he might have plunged into his own heart. So, yeah. Elliot Smith. What a is, fucking uh, way to go. Uh, Elliot Smith is one of my favorite performers of all time i uh either or that record i could listen to that day in and day out front to back all day long 
Uh, that record definitely saved my life a few times. But what a tragic story, uh, and I can't wait to can't wait to watch what, that. What was his last album? Was it called Figure Eight? I believe it was Figure Eight was the last one that he released when he was alive. Uh, that sure that album is perfect. Right that album is fucking perfect. It's uh, uh, Figure Eight. Yes, Figure Eight was the last one that he released uh, during his lifetime. Um, and the song from Goodwill Hunting was Miss Misery that he was uh, nominated for yep. the Academy Award okay. for. Uh, and that one sort of, I guess, haunted him uh, in some respects. But, man, if you've never listened to Elliot Smith's music, go ahead and, and check it out. We have uh, time for one more question today. This is from sure. Mark and Dryden. I was watching March, March 17th, 1997, Raw, which is notable for, notable for Bret Hart shoving Vince McMahon and going on a profanity-ridden tirade at Vince. Did you, and awesome. Adam, did you and Adam watch the show as it happened? What are your thoughts on it? Did it age well in hindsight? That, that's where the cage was partially still up, and he was just mm-hmm. ranting and raving. Oh, that yeah. was, Fucking it great. felt real. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like CM Punk said, Bret Hart's always right. Yeah. Um, dude, Bret, there was no daylight in Bret's shit. You know, he, uh, his shit looked real. His emotions were real. Uh, the only thing people can, you know, slight him for is, oh, Brad took himself too seriously. Well, he should. You you should take yeah. yourself seriously. Uh, you know, people make fun of him for not wanting to do a job in Canada, but I just think that was him saying that was just his fuck you to Sean. Yeah, you know. Time. Uh, yeah, there was a conversation, uh, dude. If you, I hope it's still on the network. If you get the, the sit down, Brent Sean does. With uh, Jim Ross. Wow. Dude. Like when Brett talks about, you know, uh, Brett went up to Sean and said, hey, uh, you know, I heard we're going to do a thing. I have, I have no, I just want you to know I have no problem doing the job to you. And Sean turned around and was like, oh, that's great. Well, I, I, I don't want to do the job to you. And, you know, uh, there's a moment in that sit down when it's uh, just two, cha- three chairs. Brett and Sean facing Jim Ross, and uh, Brett Hart starts talking about that moment, or talk. He starts to talk about something towards the end of the the sit down between those three, and you see him get a little emotional. And watching Brett Hart get emotional like that got me a little emotional, you know. So uh, that moment on Raw, that'd be great finding the date too. By the way, I, yeah, my my memory shit such shit. Uh, as when, when it comes to dates, you know, I have to, that's the good thing about, re, you know, having a life in wrestling, you can Google when you've done things. Uh, like I just did when I realized I found, uh, my first ever BW, my, my first ever blue mini shirt the other day, Mrs. Meanie found it while doing some, uh, early spring cleaning. I was like, oh, when is that? And I was like, holy shit. That's like yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, not the, my debut, but, um, uh, the last time I wore that shirt was March 8th in Queens, New York. And she found the shirt like March 8th, but I didn't realize it till March 9th. I was like, holy shit, that's 26 years. Fuck. Wow. I mean, I should probably talk about this. But uh, yeah, back to Bret Hart. Yeah, that thing was, uh, that was great. You know, the fact that Bret went, this is bullshit. And they didn't, they, they, they missed the sensor on it, made it feel real. Yeah. You know, everybody knew Vince was the owner, but it was like a wink and a nod kind of thing. It wasn't like, I'm, I'm Vince, you know, it was like, uh, 
in the know kind of thing, mm-hmm. even though he was on camera, right, you know, and they right. blurred that line. They blurred that line beautifully, you know, until, you know, Brett screwed Brett and Vince became, you know, the man. Yeah, Mr. You know, McMahon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that, yeah that, it, it's aged well. Because who can't relate to that when it comes to a boss, you know? You know, everybody's had that boss. And it, then, you know, Steve Austin was the beneficiary of, you know, the Brett, you know, Vince feud when, you know, Vince, you know, was pretty much introduced as the evil Mr. McMahon character. That was the, you know, and that's where everybody goes, man, that's where the people start thinking that the Montreal Screwjob was a work because everybody involved benefited from it, you know. You know, Sean saved face. Uh, Brett got to leave WWF still a hero without having to do the job. Vince didn't, you know, lose his belt to WCW the way he lost the women's belt, you know, Medusa taking the belt over. You introduce Vince as the top heel in the character, uh, in the uh, heel character in the company, which, you know, creates every that's been retreaded to this day, you know, the, the evil commissioner, you know? Right. Right. Uh, which I think they're doing in baseball right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty that sure he's taking of, his quotes from Mr. McMahon or taking his cues yeah, that rather. Pe- that piece of shit. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> fucking bum. <laughs> We're canceling the first week. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, you fucking turd. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that it aged well. It was, Dude, I mean, and that happened, like, early, early internet. Like, yeah, not where you go on Twitter and see instant reaction right now. It's like you had to kind of look for the reaction. Oh, what message board can I go on to see people talking about it? Or call a friend, oh, my God, did you see that thing? You know, when I was a kid, me and my friends would watch. I have a friend, Steve McCardo, from I've known since third grade. And in grade school, we both had the same VHS collection. I would put a tape in my VCR. He would put a tape in his VCR and we'd go one, two, three and hit play at the same time. And we would listen to each other's backgrounds and try to sync the audio <laughs> where he's watching at his house across, you know, in Atlantic city somewhere. I'm watching at my house across the Atlantic sea somewhere. And we're watching the same VHS synced over the phone where we can match up the audio and stuff oh, like great, that. Man. I'll pause it for two seconds. Okay. Okay. Now we got it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is pre that, you know. Right. You know, then, the, you know, if you had to react to something, you know, if something awesome happened on TV, you had to fucking wait a week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pre, you know, uh, newsletters and all that. Pre discovering the newsletters. But, you know, that's my rant. I uh, I don't think I can add anything else to that except for the fact that I feel like the uh, that was the original pipe bomb. I think that's why yeah. I think that's why it's held up so well so many years. And that's why. That. And I, I think that's why, you know. CM Punk emulates and pays tribute to Brett at every possible moment. Like, uh, I watched the media scrum from, uh, AEW revolution and, uh, Punk was pretty emotional. Yeah. Talk about his love for Brett Hart and, you know, how he wishes, you know, Brett's career wasn't cut so short, you know, he's, you know, Brett should be, you know, one of the legends, you know, doing all these cool things and stuff like that, you know, whether it's going overseas and make, make a couple million dollars, you know, because Brett deserves all the money in the world. Because yeah. 
Brett was the gateway drug for all the 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 smaller guys. Not that he was small. No, Brett's a big it was dude. A, it was but, a different style. Brett was the first real champion that was in a different style than you know Hulk Hogan and the the, the monsters. You know, Sergeant Slaughter, yeah, he, all these different guys that were just gigantic, larger than life characters. Brett broke that mold. Brett was the first guy to break through into into the land of giants. Yeah, and in those. Those hard ass fucking rings. Oh God! Those, those those rings were reinforced for guys like Andre and Bundy and stuff like that, so they weren't like, you know, bouncy. You know, it wasn't like a bouncy castle. Yeah. So Brett's like basically bumping on concrete, you know. Jesus. Him and Sean, but you know, Brett was the one who was the first guy to break through the uh, the castle doors of the giants, so to speak, and, and plant his flag. Yep. In the, the WWE soil to uh, allow others to come along, you know, in that in that uh, that era of you know faster, more technically sound wrestlers, not the big brooding punching kickers, you know. Well, Meanie, I appreciate your time as always, taking the time out of your schedule to come and hang yes. out here with me and the Pod Squad. Blue Meanie, such good shit, pal. Such good shit. Happy early St. Patrick's Day, first and foremost. Yes. Second of all, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me, the Blue Meanie, across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which I really don't know how to use, at Blue Meanie, BWO. Uh, you can uh, support the Blue Meanie by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Um, you can also uh, find me on Cameo. Go to Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO. Um, there's a shirt. That's out there right now uh, that's being sold. I don't know if it's still up or it'll still be up at the signer's recording. They did a quick pre-sell, but go to 2800studio.com. A limited edition, limited printed, all over uh, BWO t-shirt. Kind of like 90s era WWE where they had it all over Razor Ramon and Bret Hart kind of style. Go to 2800studio.com anyway because they have great uh, products up there. And uh, I I wanted to promote it last week, but then again, I didn't know how long the sale was going to be up. So uh, go to 2800studios.com. If you also want to support the Blue Meanie and a good cause, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Uh, I have a line of beer products over there called Bruce Bruce. Uh, uh, Blue Spruce. I don't know what the fuck I just said. Uh, Blue Spruce. Did I say Bruce Bruce? I think you said Bruce oh. Bruce, like the comedian. Yeah. That's what it came yeah. across oh, as, yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, man. hey man, shit happens. Shit, it's live, pal. Shit <laughs> happens. <laughs> Blue me just said Bruce Bruce. Sorry. Ah, ah, meanie. <laughs> Blue Spruce. Uh, go to uh, madcatbeardcare.com slash blue or get get the blue spruce uh if you like cats they uh take care of cats um if you don't have a beard if you have a beard get it for yourself if you have a friend who if you don't have a beard and you have a bent friend who does have a beard get it as a gift so uh some growth things over there at madcatbeardcare.com and uh, where can they find you, Mr. Barnyard? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ThisIsGoober. Yes, that is my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. Uh, you can also listen to uh, my side project, uh, S- Foundation Radio. You can go to foundationradio.net. Also follow me on Twitter there at FND 
Radio Pod. Support the show by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Foundation Radio. Pick up a t-shirt there and support the show. Help keep the lights on in Casa Barnard. I have another baby on the way. Uh, don't forget to support this show here by going to Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Sign up and become a part of the pod squad today for the Blue Meanie. I am Adam Barnard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meanie. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.